Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Good Friday morning. The ceasefire in the war comes to an end overnight. Yeah, new attacks and new questions about what happens next. It is December the 1st. This is today. Breaking overnight, Israel bombing Gaza as that delicate week-long truce expires just hours after a new release of hostages. While a new report emerges that Israeli officials knew Hamas was planning its terror attack for more than a year, but dismissed the warning. The very latest in a live report from the front lines. Time to go. Embattled Congressman George Santos set to face a rare expulsion vote this morning. So is this the final chapter in his scandal-ridden year in Washington? We're live on Capitol Hill. Mysterious outbreak, doctor sounding the alarm over a surge in pneumonia cases among children here in the United States. Just ahead, which states are seeing the biggest increase and what all parents need to know. Breaking her silence, actress Felicity Huffman speaks out for the first time about the college admission scandal that landed her in prison. I had to give my daughter a chance at a future, which meant I had to break the law what the Oscar nominee is now saying about her role and regrets. All that plus, who runs the world? Beyonce, her new concert film opens overnight to dance parties in theaters here at home and a star-studded premiere in London featuring Taylor Swift. The highlights and Queen Bee's big surprise for fans. Today, Friday, December 1st, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Today. We're so happy that you joined us. Willie is in for Savannah this morning, and we do want to start, Willie, this morning with some breaking news overnight. Yeah, that's right. After a week-long pause, the ceasefire in Gaza has now come to an end. Israel resuming airstrikes overnight after accusing Hamas of firing rockets before the truce was set to expire. This all comes after eight more Israeli hostages were released yesterday, along with 30 Palestinian prisoners. Meantime, a bombshell report is out this morning that Israeli officials knew about the Hamas attack plan more than a year before the October 7th attack. NBC's chief foreign correspondent Richard Engel joins us now with the very latest. Richard, good morning. Good morning, Hoda. This ceasefire has broken down. Israel has resumed its military campaign. You can see some smoke behind me from Israeli airstrikes and supplies of humanitarian goods, including fuel into Gaza, have stopped. Israel this morning resumed airstrikes against Hamas in Gaza after a seven-day truce collapsed overnight. Many of the strikes focused on southern Gaza, around Han Yunus. Health officials in Gaza say dozens of Palestinians were killed. Israel blamed Hamas for breaking the truce by launching rockets into Israel and failing to free at least 10 hostages a day. 
The truce broke down as the New York Times released a bombshell report overnight that Israeli officials were warned Hamas was planning a mass assault, breaking through border fences and using paragliders, but dismissed it as aspirational and beyond Hamas's capabilities. The Times reporting it's unclear if Prime Minister Netanyahu or other senior leaders saw the report, codenamed Jericho Wall. Netanyahu has denied he was warned of the October 7th attack. NBC News has not seen the report. The Israeli military responded saying its focus now is on the war and it will investigate later. The fighting is resuming as hostages are still inside Gaza. Mia Shem was one of the last hostages to get out. Her mother first got word she was free by phone. Then came the family reunion, 55 days in the making. There's now disappointment and anguish from Israeli families whose hopes had started to rise that their relatives would be coming out too. Carmel Gott is a 39-year-old occupational therapist who was visiting relatives at a kibbutz near Gaza and was kidnapped along with her sister-in-law, Yarden. Yarden was released on Wednesday and reunited with her daughter and husband. Carmel's cousin this morning described his frustration and fears. It feels like it was a grand plan for Hamas to keep some of the women and the men there so they could be kind of a human shield for Hamas. And we are very, very stressful that they're going to use them and even hurt them as a way of showing that the violence hurts the abductees. So, Richard, given all of that, what's the likelihood of another possible truce? Uh, it, it is possible because both sides are expressing a willingness to continue the, 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 the ceasefire in principle. Israel still obviously wants the hostages out, and Hamas says it is willing to release hostages, but after all night negotiations, the terms of those hostage releases couldn't be agreed upon. Israel says that Hamas was delaying, it was stalling. Hamas says it was offering to release the bodies of some hostages it says were killed previously by Israeli airstrikes and some old men that Israel rejected that. So they are not uh, uh, disagreeing over the concept that they need to still exchange hostage hostages for prisoners. They, it broke down over how that is supposed to happen. So it is possible that this ceasefire could resume, but uh, now the bombs are falling, the aid has stopped flowing. It is certainly a setback. It is indeed. All right, Richard Engel for us there in Tel Aviv. Richard, thank you. Now to the drama unfolding on Capitol Hill this morning. Scandal-plagued Congressman George Santos facing a vote on his expulsion from Congress. Let's bring in NBC's senior Capitol Hill correspondent, Garrett Haig. Garrett, good morning. So how's this vote going to shake out today? Well, Willie, we got a little bit of a preview yesterday with a floor debate that was heated and personal at times with members attacking Santos for the scope of his lies about everything from whether his mother died on 9-11 to the ethics committee report accusing him of blatantly stealing from his campaign. Afterwards, his critics who've been pushing for this expulsion vote think it's likely they will have the support they need to remove him today, but even they aren't certain. The speaker has refused to say how he'll vote, but the number two House Republican, Steve Scalise, said yesterday... 
He's going to vote against expulsion because he thinks Santos deserves his day in court first. And that seems to be key. Some GOP lawmakers I've spoken to shared that concern with even members who think Santos is an embarrassment, who deserves to be kicked out, worrying about doing so before he's actually been found guilty of anything. So if the vote goes against him today, Santos will be expelled effective immediately. His seat will be vacant until a special election can be held in New York, Willie. Well, to that point, Garrett, Santos also facing 23 federal criminal charges, so he will get that day in court. Where does all that stand? Yeah, that's right. And he's pled not guilty to all of those charges and has repeatedly said he's not interested in any kind of deal with prosecutors to dispense with charges that range from fraud and identity theft to money laundering. He's set to go to trial next September, Willie. Ake on Capitol Hill. Garrett, thanks so much. Meantime, a highly unusual debate overnight featured a heated face-off between governors of two of the nation's largest states, Florida Republican Ron DeSantis sparring with California Democrat Gavin Newsom on everything from the economy to crime, immigration. Kristen Welker joins us now. She's the moderator of Meet the Press. Hey, Kristen, good morning. Hi, Oda. Good morning to you. Last night's matchup moderated by conservative Fox host Sean Hannity was not a presidential debate, even though Ron DeSantis is seeking the 2024 Republican nomination. But it was widely seen as a battle between two men with deep political ambitions and eyes on the White House. Overnight, a fiery face-off between two top governors with presidential overtones. He's joined at the hip with Biden and Harris. You're nothing but a bully. Florida's Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, who's running for the GOP nomination in 2024, taking on California's Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom, who's backing President Biden's re-election. There were fireworks from the start when DeSantis sharply criticized Newsom for visiting a fancy French restaurant at the height of the COVID pandemic. He's imposed restrictions on his own people while exempting himself from those restrictions and going to the French laundry while his people were suffering. The governors clashed over border security. Newsom criticizing DeSantis's controversial move last year, sending migrants to Martha's Vineyard. You're trolling folks and trying to find migrants to play political games, to try to get some news and attention so you can out Trump Trump. And by the way, how's that going for you, Ron? You're down 41 points in your own home state. DeSantis firing back, accusing Newsom of being soft on border security. This is the vision of Biden, Harris, Newsom, open borders. But it was the issue of abortion that prompted some of the sharpest exchanges. Newsom slamming DeSantis for signing a six-week abortion ban into law in Florida. Before women even know they're pregnant, Ron, even Donald Trump said it was too extreme. Well, I believe in a culture of life. The biggest question of the night, the political future of both men. Hannity pressing Newsom on whether he would replace President Biden on the ticket if asked. It's not even it's not even optional. He's doing fantastically. He says Joe Biden is 100 percent up to the job. You know that that's not true. So, Kristen, let's talk about this. Uh, What was the point of that debate in the first place? Great question, Hoda. Look, Governor DeSantis has struggled to stand out of the packed field in the latest debates. But with the Iowa caucuses just over a month away now and his opponent, Nikki Haley, surging, a one on one debate presented him a real opportunity to potentially reinvigorate his campaign, taking on one of the most high profile Democratic governors and showing GOP voters what kind of a general election candidate he'd be. This also served as a chance for Newsom to assert himself on the national stage beyond California and establish himself as one of 
President Biden's campaign's main surrogates, despite all of the buzz about a potential run. But make no mistake, he's already getting plenty of buzz for the future. All right, Kristen, thank you so much. We're going to actually see you Sunday morning on Meet the Press. You will be talking to Governor DeSantis. And now to a growing concern for health officials and parents here in the United States. Doctors in Ohio are reporting a spike in pneumonia cases among children, similar but not linked to outbreaks spreading in China and parts of Europe. NBC medical contributor Dr. Tara Narula is with us now. Dr. Narula, thanks for being with us. So what exactly is going on in Ohio and should the rest of the country be concerned? Right. So this is taking place in Warren County, Ohio, which is a little bit northeast of Cincinnati. And health officials there are reporting about 145 cases of pediatric pneumonia in kids ranging in age from 3 to 14 since August. Um, they basically don't have any underlying cause yet for this, but they are saying that even though there are more cases, these cases are not necessarily more severe than what they see in typical years. There's been no deaths. Most of the kids have recovered with antibiotics and are at home. It seems kind of unusual that there would be such a spike in this one little spot in the country. They have no idea why that that's happening. They have not identified a single underlying cause or etiology yet. They haven't identified a link between yeah. the cases. Most of the kids are average age of eight. It spans across multiple school districts. They are saying it does not appear to be linked to other outbreaks, either nationally or internationally. Um, and so, you know, the, they also haven't identified, as I said, any particular pathogen. But when they have measured, uh, taken specimens from the kids, they have seen adenovirus and mycoplasma pneumonia and strep pneumonia, some of the typical Mm -hmm. agents that we see causing pneumonia every year. And it's not unusual to see spikes or clusters happen um, at different time frames. And so, you know, it's important to to understand that this is happening, but not to cause alarm at this Mm -hmm. point. So what are some of the symptoms of a parent's waking up with their kids mm-hmm. right now this morning, what should they be looking for in pediatric pneumonia? Right. So some of the symptoms can be nonspecific, but in general, you want to think about cough or fever. In younger kids, they may be fussy or lethargic, not eating appropriately or having a decrease in appetite. Also some abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting. Mm. If they say they have pain when they take a deep breath. And then certainly if you notice your kid is working harder to breathe, their lips or fingers are turning blue. Um, they're not able to stay hydrated or keep in fluids. That's when you would want to call your doctor even potentially take them to the hospital. Okay. So what should you do if they do have some of those symptoms, but not severe enough to, to warrant the hospital? What should a parent be doing here? So certainly there are measures you can take at home. So fever reducers mm-hmm. or pain reducers like Tylenol, cough medicine, humidifiers, keeping them hydrated with fluids. Um, and then in many cases, if it is bacterial, they will be prescribed an antibiotic mm-hmm. for the viral pneumonias. There is no real antiviral treatment for that. Um, but again, most of these kids recover and do well. So bottom line, isolated for now to this area, but mm-hmm. we'll keep an eye on it. Correct. Okay. And then taking all the precautions that we talk about, covering your cough, hand washing, yeah. really important to remember before the holidays. Getting your vaccines. Yeah. And all that. Vaccines. Uh, Dr. Yes. Narula, right. thanks so Thank much. Thank you. We'll see you. All right. We, by the way, have another health warning for you. Shoppers being told to stay away from some cantaloupe sold across the country amid an ongoing salmonella outbreak. The fruit has been linked to at least two deaths and more than 100 illnesses in 34 states. The CDC alerted consumers yesterday that the recall now includes pre-cut cantaloupe sold at Kroger, Trader Joe's, and Sprouts Farmer's Market. The agency also recommends staying away from whole cantaloupes from the brands Rudy, 
or Malchita. For a uh, full list of the stores and brands impacted, go to our website today.com. Let's get a check of the weather. Mr. Roker. Hey, good morning, guys. Good to see you and good to see all of you. Not good to see what's going on right now on the radar from Chicago all the way down to New Orleans. We've got strong storms, showers, thunderstorms back behind it, little snow developing. We're going to be watching this today as it moves through. Showers will be moving into the northeast in New England on the backside, maybe a little snow shower activity through the Great Lakes. More heavy rain is going to be developing down through the Gulf Coast as this system pushes. We're going to look for another system to develop down around the lower Mississippi River Valley tomorrow. And then as we make our way towards Sunday, more heavy rain and even some wet snow. Interior sections of upstate New York, New England will be developing. It looks like we're going to be looking at some very heavy rain on Sunday for parts of the Northeast through Sunday, upwards of an inch to some places, two inches of rain from Boston to New York City. And then as we slide down south, Atlanta, Enterprise, Mobile, New Orleans, anywhere from three to locally five inches of rain. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Coming up, a star put in prison for her role in an unprecedented college cheating scandal. Speaking out for the first time, what Felicity Huffman is now revealing about her involvement, her motivation, and the moment she knew she was breaking the law. Plus, new Endgame fallout, the explosive book on the royal family that includes allegations of racism. We'll tell you who's being accused in a live report from Buckingham Palace. But first, this is Today on NBC. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis, which could lead to psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix treats both. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, 300 milligram dose, and adults with active psoriatic arthritis, 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed welcome back 7 30 okay that's us soaring high above the city of new york it's all thanks to something called the beam at the top of the rock it's a really incredible experience. It opens today, and it gives people a one-of-a-kind wow. opportunity to recreate. You remember this famous photograph? Oh, this yeah. one right here in 1932, lunch atop a skyscraper. 
So we're going to show you the image that we were able to capture as we hovered high above. It's really a cool deal. It's very cool. They strap you in so you feel safe. Yep. But, it, but it does, it, I mean, it gets up there. Yeah, and you can't, you're looking out. There's, it, you feel like there's nothing you underneath. You feel like it's yeah. just, yeah, you're just dangling. Really? No matter how yeah. many times you see it, I still can't get over the original photo. Yes. Those guys just sitting on just sitting, a team hang on. all the Enjoying, way up. That's right. Yeah. Having, casually yeah. having lunch. Chilling yeah, exactly. out. Oh Central Park in the background. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All right, as we say, good morning good to morning. our good friend Chanel. And for Craig this morning, let's turn to a story that captured national attention. The college admission scandal that saw dozens of parents accused of paying top dollar to get their kids into college. Among them, Desperate Housewives star Felicity Huffman, who's now... Breaking her silence. NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer has more on this story. Hey, Miguel, good morning. Hi, guys. Good morning. Prosecutors say Huffman paid $15,000 to have a proctor correct her daughter's SAT answers. She pleaded guilty and served 11 days in prison. Now Huffman's speaking out for the first time about the whole ordeal, saying she wants to use her experience and do something good. This morning, Desperate Housewives star Felicity Huffman speaking out for the first time about the college admission scandal that sent her to prison. Huffman speaking to ABC7 News in Los Angeles, saying she had no choice. I had to give my daughter a chance at a future. Um, And so it was sort of like my daughter's future, which meant I had to break the law. Huffman, who served 11 days behind bars in 2019 after admitting she paid a fixer to boost her daughter's college board test score. Huffman says as she was driving her daughter to take the SAT, she began having second thoughts. She was going, can we get ice cream afterwards? I'm scared about the test. What can we do that's fun? And I kept thinking, turn around, just turn around. And to my undying shame, I didn't. The investigation called Operation Varsity Blues was based around a scheme run by former college admission consultant Rick Singer. More than 30 high-profile parents, including actress Lori Loughlin and her husband, designer Massimo Giannulli, eventually faced federal charges, accused of conspiring to use bribery and fraud to get their kids into top colleges. Huffman now saying she didn't reach out to Singer intending to break the law, but that after a year, Singer told her that her daughter was not going to get into any of her choice colleges and presented his criminal scheme. Huffman saying, And I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but I felt like I would be a bad mother if I didn't do it, so I did it. Now Huffman reflecting on the scandal four years later and saying she owes an apology to the academic community and to families whose children worked hard to get into college legitimately. Rick Singer, the man behind the whole scandal, was sentenced to three and a half years in prison. As for Huffman, she says she's speaking out to shine a light on an organization called A New Way of Life. The nonprofit helps formerly incarcerated women get back on their feet, and it's where Huffman did her court-ordered community service. She's now on the board of directors. Hoda. Oh, all right, Miguel. Uh, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Also this morning, fallout growing over the new book that's put royal family drama and allegations of racism back into the spotlight. NBC's Molly Hunter is at Buckingham Palace. Molly, good morning. Guys, good morning to you. Straight back in the spotlight. So a Dutch version of a new game, it's called Endgame by Omid Scobie, allegedly names the senior royals that Meghan Markle may have been referring to in that infamous Oprah interview. Well, the Dutch publisher has now pulled the book, calling it an error, and the translator is speaking out. Take a look. 
This morning, the fallout continues over the new royal book promising salacious details about the breakdown between the royal brothers and their families. Senior royals now caught up in the controversy after author Omid Scobie's book Endgame was yanked off shelves in the Netherlands. Following reports, it had included the names of two members of the royal family involved, according to Meghan Markle, in a conversation about her unborn baby's skin color, which she alleged back in 2021. About how dark your baby is going to be? Potentially, and what that would mean or look like. The Sussexes have never mentioned the names publicly, and royal reporter Scobie said he didn't either, but has said he had access to private letters sent and received by Meghan. I had never submitted a book that had their names in it. But now the British press widely reporting the two people the book allegedly names King Charles and Kate, the Princess of Wales. NBC News has not obtained the Dutch copy of the book and has not independently verified that the conversation took place. At the time, the Queen said in a statement, the issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning. While some recollections may vary, they are taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately. But the backlash over Scobie's book has dragged the whole controversy back into the spotlight. It's hugely damaging for the publisher, it's hugely damaging for Omid Scobie, and it's hugely damaging for the royals as well. And it puts Omid Scobie and the publisher at risk of legal action. In an interview with DailyMail.com, the Dutch translator denies that she made any additions to the manuscript. Saskia Peters reportedly saying, As a translator, I translate what is in front of me. The names of the royals were there in black and white. I did not add them. NBC News has reached out to Peters for comment, and Scobie continues to deny any responsibility for the names being included. I'm as frustrated as everyone else. I make it very clear in this book that I, in every way possible, want to adhere to the laws surrounding this subject. Molly, so how is the palace responding to all of this? Willie, no official on-the-record palace statement. We do have a source, though, who says that all options are being considered. That could be saying nothing more, or that could be legal action. Willie? In the meantime, blame the Dutch translator. (laughs) Molly, thanks so much. Thank you, Molly. Still ahead, the new warning and lawsuit aimed at knockoff drugs for weight loss. Why the maker of Ozempic is raising the alarm and what you need to know. But first, we are heading into the big weekend for Christmas tree shopping, and a lot of families may not like what they're going to find. A shortage driving up prices. We'll show you how to find the tree you want and the best deal coming up right after this. Just like the Griswolds, many families will be on the hunt for the perfect Christmas tree this weekend. That search might be a little bit harder than normal. Industry experts are saying there is kind of a shortage this season. Uh, NBC's business reporter Brian Chung is outside with our tree (laughs) with the details. Brian, what's the deal? Hey, good morning. It is a beautiful tree behind me. And while we're talking about trees, this may come as a surprise. More than half of Americans put up their tree right after Thanksgiving. But for those who wait until it gets a little closer to Christmas... The Grinch may have a surprise for you. A tree shortage means you might pay a little more this year. Tis the season for Christmas trees. But finding that perfect tree may be a little harder this year. Tell me about uh, what the Christmas tree supply looks like this year. Supply has been really tight for the last few years. Farmers say supplies are down because of poor growing conditions in recent years. But that doesn't mean you won't have a Fraser fir or blue spruce to put your presents under. Do all retailers uh, of Christmas trees have the inventory that they would like? And sadly for some, that answer is no. 
But the second question is, does that mean consumers are going to go home empty handed? The answer to that is not at all. According to the Real Christmas Tree Board, demand is skyrocketing for a real tree this year, including 20% who are planning to buy a real tree, not artificial, for the first time. We're seeing a resurgence driven by younger people saying, this looks like a lot of fun. I want to buy a real tree. We want a tall one. Yeah. Tall, tall and kind of fat. The median price for a Christmas tree last year was $80. But for some, a fresh tree may cost them a little extra green this year. According to one survey, nearly 7 out of 10 growers say it's costing them up to 10% more to sell their trees this year. Not as bad as last year, but underscoring the pressure to raise prices on consumers. How much is that big one? 90. We had to go up a little. It's more this range. Okay, okay yeah. Like Joseph Schomer, who owns Tree Riders in New York, says he's had to raise his prices on his taller trees, but is trying to keep the smaller ones the same price. While costs are a little bit higher for the farmers, they're just passing that directly to us, and we're trying to keep our small trees affordable for everybody. <laughs> and some buyers say a shorter fur is just fine. I'm kind of balling on a low budget right now, so I'm hoping for as low as I can get. While others saying they don't mind paying extra to go big for the holidays. All right, so help us out. How can we score you know, the best deal this season? Yeah, well, I mean, the first point here is try to go as early as possible. If you want the best selection, right, that's when you're going to have the availability of all the sizes, all the types you want. Uh, but secondly, also, just if you're trying to ball out on a budget, you might have to compromise a little bit by getting a, a smaller tree. And look, a Charlie Brown tree is fine if you decorate it nicely mm -hmm. anyway. Uh, and then lastly, be flexible. If there is indeed a shortage in the area where you're at, you might have to go to a few places to find the one that's perfect for your home. Cool. Still worth it. Yeah. Still worth it. <laughs> Going this weekend, Brian. right, Hoda? Yeah, it's, it's our turn. Okay. Yeah. Guys, Do you have yours yet? Not yet. Oh, wow. Maybe this, 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 this weekend. Could yeah. be good. All right. <laughs> it is 744. Why don't we get another check of the weather? Hey, Al. Hey, guys. Let's look out west, way out west. They've got a ton of rain going on right now. The islands of Hawaii, they've got winter uh, weather advisories for the mountains, upwards of five inches of snow, and they're looking at uh, flood watches for all the islands. Now, we come along the contiguous 48 states. We are looking at winter storm warnings, advisories, and watches as another big storm comes in, and this is just going to be a parade of storms right through the weekend into next week. Locally, from Seattle down to Eureka, California, we could be looking at upwards of 7 to 10 inches of rain. Snowfall amounts anywhere from 6 to 18 inches of snow from the Cascades down on into the Rockies. And it's the end, now that it's December 1st, Hurricane season just ended. This is the fourth most active season ever. Uh, 20 named storms, an average of 14. We had seven hurricanes, which is right on average. Uh, the only storm to make landfall in New York, or I should say, in the United States was Adalia. Three major hurricanes. The average is three. And this was the most active hurricane season ever during uh, El Nino. So warmer climate fueled temperatures, water temperatures overcame that El Nino that usually suppresses hurricanes. And that is your latest weather. Hoda? All right, Al, thank you. Uh, the long awaited return of our merriest Main Street. So what we do is we shine the light on places all around the country that are filled with holiday spirit. Oh, we see you and we're coming. <laughs> uh, but first, these messages. I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. 
Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 mg dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 mg dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB, serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections. Some fatal have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one 844 Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix.